EO Fire 1169. If you don't love yourself, who will? But if you only love yourself, what are you? Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. What better gift could you give a friend or a loved one than the gift of freedom? Visit thefreedomjournal.com and ignite. Meet your new payroll and HR department. Let Paycor manage the stress of payroll processing and tax filing so you can focus on your business. Visit paycor.com slash fire to get started today. What's shaking fire nation? John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Ty Lopez. Ty, are you prepared to ignite? I'm ready. Let's go. Ty is an investor partner or advisor to 20 multi-million dollar businesses. Through his popular book club and podcast, Ty shares advice on how to achieve health, wealth, love, and happiness with 1.4 million people in over 40 countries. Ty, take just a minute, fill in any gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse in your personal life. I always like to build businesses around the concept, what do I wish someone had done for me? Right. So, uh, Charlie Monger, the billionaire business partner, Warren Buffett calls that the golden rule of entrepreneurs. And so I look back and I said, what do I wish had really been different in my life? And I read this psychology textbook that said three biggest regrets of the average human, uh, is romantically who they dated, the career they pursued and the education that they were put through. And I decided I would focus on the education side. So I kind of started this thing. I call it, start out informally calling it Knowledge Society. It's based on Peter Drucker in the 1960s said, we're coming into an information age where you'll have lots of information at your fingertips. You'll have Google and you'll have this and that. And that came to pass like he predicted. But he said, that's an intermediate step. The next step will be the Knowledge Society where people not only know things uh, at an information level, but Knowledge is information in action. So between age six and age 18, I learned a few things. I went to public school. My mom tried a little homeschooling, did a little bit of private school. So I did the whole gamut. But then you kind of pop out into the real world and you go, I don't really know that much. And uh, so where I am mentally now and as an entrepreneur is like, what gaps do I wish would have been filled in in my life? And, and uh, maybe a few other people will be interested in them too. So you mentioned Charlie Munger. Have you read Poor Charlie's Almanac? Oh, yeah. I probably <laughs> sold more. You know, I own the, the largest nonfiction book club in the world. So right. I, I sell books uh, uh, without even being paid. I mean, I just recommend the books that I'm reading. And one of my top books, probably my top 10 for everybody to read, entrepreneur or not, is Poor Charlie's Almanac. They're just A new book just came out about Charlie Munger. He didn't write it, but... It's another great one. I forget what it's called, something investor or something, but I love him. I love Warren. My mentors, I've had five main mentors and three of them were in love with Warren. They had a man crush on Warren Buffett and Charlie (laughs) Munger. So even at 19, I started hearing about, I'm like, who is this guy? And then you get older and you're like, that's why they like this guy. This guy, I think Bill Gates said, Charlie Munger is the smartest person he ever met. And Bill Gates, that's coming from a pretty smart guy. Absolutely. And it is kind of a a shame that you're not affiliated with those book sales because you can only get 
the almanac, poor Charlie's almanac in the physical form. It's like a $65 book and it is a beast. I mean, I don't even think like a three or four year old child could pick this up. I mean, it's a massive (laughs) It's a real, it's a, I mean, I put little links on my website and I think we put Amazon links there, but you make like the average book. You're not going to get rich recommending Amazon books, but, uh, you know, and a lot of people just go buy them. I, I put little links sometimes and we make a few bucks, but it's not much of our income coming from that. But really, you know, I, I, I have this framework of thought, which is I want to live my life because there was this ancient saying thousands of years ago that said, if you don't love yourself, who will? But if you only love yourself, what are you? So what, what this philosopher was saying is, you know, there has to be an element of selfishness to your life because if you don't take care of yourself, no one else is going to pay your bills. And on the flip side, though, if you get so enamored with your own vision and your own life and making money, you cease to be really part of this interconnectedness that makes humans human. And so I lived, I, I took that saying for a thousand years ago and I modernized it for myself and I said, 50-50 rule. I'll live 50% of my life selfishly, just blatantly. I'll be like, listen, sometimes people are like, Ty, why do you have Ferraris? I'm like, they're like, you could save the environment by having a Prius. I'm like, I know, but this is the selfish side of my life. And I hope <laughs> that the other 50% makes up for it. You know, and, and in truth, actuality, Lamborghini and Ferrari, I drive them so few miles that I probably burn less gas than most Prius people. But even if I wasn't, I don't believe, and, and the reason, you know, that's kind of tongue in cheek. I think that when you look at human motivation, that if, when you remove selfishness from it, uh, I sometimes tell my employees, I have about 60 full-time employees for the knowledge side, and I tell them, some of them, I'm like, some of you aren't greedy enough. I need more greed from some of you. Now, there's some of them that are a little too greedy, and I'm like, <laughs> I want you to go, Ty, I'm a sales guy for you. I want to be able to take my family to Hawaii, so... I got to hit my goal and I want that money. And, uh, but you know, like I said, you, when you know your own motivation, um, you can see which side of the balance you're on a little too much or too little. And you get to that 50, 50 kind of, when you get that 50, 50, I'm not sure I'm perfect at doing it, but if you could do it, it's a beautiful thing. Ty, when you were chatting a little bit earlier, you were talking about, you know, who's going to pay your bills, you know, if you're not a little bit selfish and, we talk a lot about revenue on EO Fire because it's important for entrepreneurs to create viable businesses. And now you've done just that. Now you can get as specific or be as vague as you want to, but let's kind of break <laughs> down how you generate revenue with your business as Ty Lopez. Yeah, so I have lots of different business. I'm an investor now. And so over the years, I've so. Yeah, I was on a podcast and I didn't answer the guy. He got super bad that I didn't answer. <laughs> I told him, I was like, bro, you don't understand economics. Publicly traded companies, you have to produce numbers. That's part of the SEC regulation. Private companies, you don't. And uh, a lot of people don't understand economics. But I mean, uh, I built all sites of business. I've gone, you know, and, and things that I'm doing now, one of the businesses, I mean, these are, you know, 20 million plus. I don't like to get too close, but you know, you, these, you can hit a hundred million dollars with this kind of stuff. Um, and so, and I have different businesses doing different things. A lot of my business I don't do publicly. So, um, you know, now it's funny. A lot of people are like, Todd, you just came out of the blue. I'm like, no, I, you know, people think I'm more show off than I really am. I've been doing 
this stuff forever. And just, you know, you don't always want people to, there's an old saying, sometimes it's better to be the president, is a South American saying, it's better to be the president's brother. And what they mean by that <laughs> is the president's the one that the coup comes and all the assassin's bullets are coming from. So, I mean, you know, some of these businesses, uh, the one, and these are quick. I mean, these have quick growth. I know how to take a business from, you know, zero to 10, 20 million bucks. It's not that hard in the modern world. It's harder to do. Now I'm focused more on bigger things. You know, I'm mostly now focused on stuff that I think will do a hundred million dollars and potentially have a billion dollar valuation, whether I'll be able to pull it off or not. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not opening up a mom and pop pizza's place in the backyard that can make a hundred grand and a great living for a family. Not because I look down on that, but I've done those type of businesses. And I, to me, it's life is, uh, I was, I do a good bit of martial arts and I do Brazilian (laughs) jiu-jitsu and boxing and, and one of I was training yesterday and, uh, I saw that movie Creed. I don't know if you saw it. Though. Not yet. It is on my to-do list. But there's a great scene where Sylvester Stallone's looking at Michael B. Jordan and he's teaching him how to shadow box in the mirror. And he's like, you just look, he's like, when you go in the ring, this is the dude you're fighting, the guy in the mirror. The other person is just somebody in the way. Ooh. And so when it comes to, you know, numbers, people want to compare numbers. I'm like, well, you know, there's all I hang out with. Here's my rule for people. And I try to follow this. I did a TEDx talk earlier this year and uh it's become pretty, i think it's the fastest growing one out there in the world right now and and it's called the law 33 percent. and i didn't have time because only 18 freaking minutes but one of the things i tell people is if you want i got a tried and true way if you want to become a millionaire i'm gonna tell you how to do it and it's the best advice i i've ever read you know i read a book a day and stuff like that and i've read great advice that this one's better and the best advice is if you want to make a million dollars Hang out with people that making a million that if they made a million dollars, they would be very embarrassed. Mm. So you gotta hey, you want to get a six pack? Hang out with people that having a six pack would be embarrassing because they have an eight pack and their obliques are cut and they're all shredded up. You know, so this is you want to make a ten million dollar business? You hang out with people at ten millions, chump change. And I've gone through that kind of um, mentor escalate or ladder and you know i start out with mentors and not all my mentors it's not all about money you know i talk about the good life which that's my one target you gotta have a one target mine's i want to live a good life eleanor roosevelt used to say life's like a parachute uh jump you only get one shot at there's no hit the ground and go i'm going back up in the plane and maybe if there's reincarnation but i don't know what happens after death so i double down on what i know and so when you go after this good life and one of the areas that's very important, which is wealth. This is a hard one to get, financial independence. Um, you hang out with people that is very embarrassing. And by doing that, all of a sudden you re-ratchet what I call your mental barometer, you know, what what's normal for you. And so now, you know, the other day Mark Cuban was here and he came by the house. We shot, he loves basketball. So we're shooting basketball and talking for four or five hours. Now, when I hang out with Mark Cuban, you know, I wish I would have had that mentor when I was 18. I wish that's who I would have been talking to when I was 15, but I was in the school system, which for good or bad, didn't work quite as well as intended. But when I'm with him, do you think I'm going to go, Mark, I got this amazing idea. <laughs> I know a way we can go in business together and let's make a million bucks. I mean, he made 3000 million. He has $3 billion net worth. So when I'm around him, all of a sudden my expectations, my, um, 
my status quo changes. People ask me about reading a lot. How much did you read? I said, well, depends on who you want to reset your barometer. The average person buys 17 books a year now. It's actually at an all-time high because of ebooks. But they don't finish 17 books, and most of those are fiction books. Now, if you listen to Warren Buffett, who's the second richest man in the world and maybe the greatest entrepreneur and term investor of all time. He's, he says he reads 400 to a thousand pages a day for 50 years. And he says now he's getting old. So he's only does it. so that he reads three to five books a day. Now, a lot of people go, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, it is possible because he started with nothing uh, or I mean, came from a middle class and it does work. But what happens is we get caught in the, um, Law of 33%, we hang out with people on our own level, so it becomes the blind leading the blind, and everybody goes, well, pat yourself on the back if you read one book a month. Well, who's doing the padding? I asked Mark Cuban, how much do you read? He's like, I read hours. Part of the reason I have a private jet is so I can read. I got to interview Hillary Clinton last month. Um, I'm not really, I'm not very political, but I talked to her on books. She reads hours. I've never met, I've done a real survey of almost... 100% of the people at the top are doing a lot of reading. And so that comes from that 33% hanging out with people that are where you want to be 20 years from now. And it takes a while to get to them because they don't want to hang out with you at first. And hopefully, slowly but surely, you make your way (laughs) up to those people, you know? So Ty, you are not an overnight success as you've clearly stated already. What I really kind of want to get into is a story that you'd be willing to share about when times weren't so great, when you struggled, maybe what you would consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Like when I say that, Ty, when I say worst entrepreneurial moment, does something come to mind? So after high school, I was 18 years old and I had a choice to go to college or I got this kind of weird uh, crossroad kind of path I could take, which was a guy named Joel Salatin, who back then wasn't too well known. Now he's pretty well known as one of the f- farmers and thinkers that's pioneered non-chemical farming and food production. So now that's pretty popular, but he was doing it back in the 60s and 70s. And I got out of high school and he said, I'm going to decide I'm going to open up a mentorship apprenticeship program. You can move to my farm in Swope, Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, not even a light in the little town. And you can live on my 550 acre farm for three months. So I went up there my, my mom said, well, you can always go to college later, but you can't do this. This might not be right. around. And so I went there and I ended up spending 19 months on a farm. And then I went and lived with the Amish for two and a half years. So I, I, I learned a lot about life. And, um, you know, I grew up a single mom when I was young and remarried, kind of a tumultuous upbringing. My dad was in prison when I was born. So those years on the farm kind of helped me get my emotional stability back. But they didn't teach me a ton about money. And so I came out of those and I had spent years, you know, I know how to milk cows and horse, you know, ride horse, saddle up horses and stuff. But I came back and realized it was time to come back to the modern world. And I was found myself after a series of events in a mobile home, didn't have even a room, had a couch, all I could sleep on. I had all the money I'd saved up, I had traveled the world and met mentors. But again, I wasn't meeting mentors about money. I was learning more about other things. And so 
I had $47 in my bank account and I, I couldn't sleep on this couch. It was too small of a couch for me and people were waking me up. It was loud. And I remember looking and at myself kind of, I actually, I remember just laying there and going, is this it? Ty, you're, you know, you're in your twenties. Now you have no college degree. You have no money. You have no, you've lost touch with all your friends. You don't have a car. You don't have a girlfriend. And is, are you going to be stuck here? And that was a turning point because I'd stumbled on, I've always liked to read and I stumbled on a book. I think it was a, I, a few ones, but one of them was Tony Robbins. And one line's all I remember. He said, when you succeed, you party. But when you fail, you ponder. Mm. And all great things come from pondering. And all, all changes come from pondering. So on that couch, I began to ponder. And I, I looked back and I reached back for some of that wisdom from these farmers. And I remember Joel Salatin telling me, you know, if you don't know what to do, learn from people who have done it. You know, learn from mentors who have done it. So I decided I'm going to find somebody in the modern world that's made enough money that I, that they didn't have to sleep on a couch. And I, I just literally flipped through a phone book. I'll never forget. I had yellow pages. And I flipped through and my uncle had said, look, he said, Ty, you don't have a college degree. You're going to have to get a commission-based job. Nobody's going to hire you for a regular salary job. So he said, look either at selling cars or getting into selling financial products like stock you know, investments, so on, and insurance and all that. So I just flipped through the phone book in Raleigh, North Carolina. I was in Clayton, North Carolina, and I flipped through the paper. And uh, there was a full-page ad stuck out to me, just this guy. Never heard of him. It was, his name was Mike Stainback. And I made a phone call, and I <clears throat> called, and I showed up at his office. And he had a secretary, Kathy, and I remember she said, go to the back of the office. He's back there. So I went in. I said, Mike, you don't know who I am. My name's Ty. I I don't really know you, but I, you must know how to make money because a full page ad in the yellow pages is like $20,000 right. and you got this nice office. And I said, and this is what I learned on the farm. You use sweat equity. I said, if you show me what you know, I'll work for you for free. And he was this about 20 years older than me, had a big mustache and he was, he looked like Tom Selleck and he, and he was sitting in this chair, <laughs> kind of swiveled away from me. So like, I was to the side and he just slowly swiveled the chair to look me face to face. And he said, Ty, I've been looking for someone like you for 20 years. You come back in the morning, I'm going to give you an office. Whoa. And, uh, and I, so I started to walk out and he said, one more thing. I remember I was like halfway through the door and I came back around and he said, and now I'm going to tell you something, Ty. He was a Southern guy. He said, and if you listen to me, one day you're going to hug my neck. I'll never forget that. It's kind of a Southern way. Right. It sounded like a weird sentence. I showed up the next morning. I didn't have a suit, but I found a suit at a thrift store. I remember it had like uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> That's how old it was. It was this huge suit, <laughs> two sizes too big. And I showed, I don't know what he thought of me. I showed up in the morning there and he did have an office, but he didn't really have space for me. So he had just taken a closet, moved two filing cabinets, given me a desk and a chair. It was so tight. You could not. You know, like an airplane where you can't lay back right. even one inch? And he gave me a list and he said, cold call these people. But out of that, you know, out of that, and that was pretty tough. He said, I'll, I had told him, you don't have to pay me unless I make you more money than you're making now. Which, by the way, for anyone listening, uh, is the biggest opportunity in the world right now. As a little side note, 
people always ask me about trends and so on. Right. Um, the greatest and most predictable trends are demographic trends. And in the United States and most of the world, you have an aging population and they own businesses and they have no one who wants to take it from them. Their kids don't want them. And so the biggest opportunity is dropping youthful energy that doesn't have money and dropping in and see everybody thinks you have to start a business from scratch. And I said, well, do you think there's money? I asked, I just did a little conference the other day or pretty big conference. I said, do you guys think people invest in real estate? What percentage of them find a piece of raw land, cut down the trees, pull out the stumps, bulldoze it and build a apartment complex? What percentage of people making money in real estate do raw land deals? Very few. And I said, what percentage of them buy an existing property, rehab it, paint it, fix it up? That's how the founder of the, I mean, the guy who bought the Los Angeles Lakers, Jerry Butt, actually, believe it or not, tonight I'm going to dinner and I'm right after this with the owner of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, before the game. It's pretty cool. And that's uh, how he got his start. Well, that's, this is his daughter, but he got his start, $14,000. Or seven thousand or fourteen, he saved up. He bought an existing condo. So rehabbing businesses when these people retire is going to be. That's what I'm kind of focused on now. Buy businesses. You don't know. Everyone thinks you got to start a business from scratch. I'm like, well, do you have to do real estate from scratch? And everybody gets it. Oh yeah, you can buy existing things, and then you get a jump start of ten years. You don't have to build building the skyscrapers hard. You got to takes a year to build the foundation. So. <laughs> With Mike Stainback, that's what I did. I was youthful energy, dropped in, didn't know much, didn't have any money, but he gave me that cold calling list. And one thing, there was one other quick turning point. Um, about three months into it, I was a little bit struggling. Call, cold calling is very hard. And I was cold calling and he has like, here, call people about their health insurance and life insurance and investments. And I was like, I don't even know anything about it. But <laughs> one day I, I, I learned from my mentor, uh, Joel Souts and Alan Nation, always be open-minded. We live in a very cynical world. And I saw an ad on on the internet, and this is in like 2000, I forget what year, early 2000s. And I saw, it was an ad, it said, "I'm how I made $30,000 working on the beach in Hawaii today. And of course, your first thought is, red, you know, alert, alert, get rich quick scam. But I had learned from my mentor, eh, check it out, you know, start positive. So I clicked it and it was this guy, Corey Rudel. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Are you down? You're down in San Diego, right? Yeah, right down. Corey Rudel was like the first internet dude down in San Diego. He ended up dying in a car crash in 2007, but he had this little program. I, you know, it was one of these long page, single page interstitial kind of sales pages. And I, and I read the whole thing. It took me like an hour and he said, I'm going to teach you how to do this and that. And it was like, I remember it, it was it had some upgrades and upsells. It was like total of like somewhere between two and five hundred bucks. And at that time, literally, I'd gone from forty seven dollars in my bank account and made maybe another hundred or so. I said, "It's all our money I had," and I said, "No, well, I'm gonna double down on my own brain." That's what a mentor had told me. So I I bought the program, and back then it was I think they mailed me a workbook and. I don't remember anything about that course, but I remember it said there's this new thing called Google AdWords. And so I said, okay, and I signed up, and I was one of the first people to ever use Google AdWords. I've been lucky like that um, to find people who pointed me to the cutting edge. I was one of the first people on Facebook. Now I'm one, I think I'm the biggest guy on YouTube, Google tells me. There's a few brands like Coca-Cola that were similar, but you got to catch trends relatively early, and you do that by having a somewhat 
open mind, right? So got on Google AdWords and all of a sudden it became easier to lead, do lead generation. And back then, you won't, for those of you who do Google AdWords will understand this, I would bid on keywords and send them to a lead generation page where I'd share what I could help them with in finance and, and it cost me 40 cents a click. Right wow. now it's 17 bucks a click for those same words. I could generate a lead, a sale for $100 and my commission on average was 1500 bucks. So you spend 100, six weeks later I'd make 1500. And it started working so well that Mike Stainback and then he, he had a guy he worked with, we worked with partnership with uh, GE. It was the biggest company in the world, but GE Capital, GE Financial Services, and the CEO, John McGilchrist, called me and said, Ty, the average sales guy for us is submitting 2000 a week of com- potential commissions. You submitted, I think it was either 30000 or 60000 this week. They were like, <laughs> and you're only in your early 20s and don't know anybody. Are you doing something illegal? That's what he asked me. And I was like, I didn't want to tell him. Because then I was afraid that he would tell everybody else how I was doing it. So I was like, John, we've become friends over the years. I'm like, John, no, it's totally legal. I'm just using technology. I told him that. I told him the truth. I'm like, dude, I'm using technology. And so those two crossroads events, really it was three. One is getting to the bottom and going, I draw the line in the sand. I'm on the couch. I ain't going to do this anymore. And you step across the, the, the sand, the line in the sand, and you just never go back. And I, I don't think you have to go back. Sometimes you have up and downs, but I've never been back to that point. And then the second one was a lot of people think all the answers are within. And there's some truth to that. Some things only you will know. But there's also you don't learn English from within. As a little baby, no baby is born understand what gerunds, conjunctions. I mean, you learn that. And so I learned from somebody 20 years ahead of me, Mike Stainback. And, and then the third thing was you can't be cynical because cynical people never catch the cutting edge because everything that's cutting, I mean, think of the things that have been cutting edge. At one point, Tesla talking about electricity, it's like this is a madman and right. the Wright brothers and Albert Einstein and Newton. I mean, some of these people are like, we're going to hang you. We're going to burn you. And so now in the modern world, I see this, this cynicism for, I don't even, it doesn't make sense. The world's the greatest it's ever been. There's still racism, sexism, all this, but there's way less. We have a black president. It still exists, the racism, but there's no other time in history. There's been more opportunities for people of any ethnicity, any gender, yet people now, I'm like, I get it. You know, I just finished Malcolm X's autobiography. I get why he was mad. His dad was taken by white people and put, his head was put on a railroad track and run over by a train. Mm. So I'm like, okay, this dude had a lot of rage to to society justifiably. But And now there's still that rage and there's still cause for it. But when it comes to entrepreneurs, people are still cynical. It's beyond my belief, people. I'm so glad that when I saw that ad, and I don't know if Corey Rudel really made $30,000 in, in Hawaii that day. But I'll tell you, he sh- I learned how to make more than $30,000 from that little program that I spent 200 bucks on. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a good time. It's, it's like, uh, what is it? It's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Ty, did you ever hug your mentor's neck? Oh, yeah. We talk all the time. Now. <laughs> I mean, we talk a few times a year. It's funny. Now I get people, because people hear this when I've mentioned right. that story, and I get people going, I one day I'm gonna hug your neck. I'm gonna hug your neck. I'm like, you gotta come up with your own. That's Mike's. <laughs> that That's is Mike's. So Ty, we got a lot to jam on coming up here, but we're gonna take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. 
As an entrepreneur, the last thing you want to worry about is getting fined by the IRS. Yet 40% of small businesses incur tax penalties every year due to payroll processing mistakes. You don't have to manage payroll and taxes alone. Paycor offers award-winning services from your first pay run to your next hire to tax time preparation, putting all your compliance fears to rest. Paycor's intuitive payroll and HR software is simple to manage and easy to use. With Paycor, you can avoid hefty IRS fines, disgruntled employees, and save significant amounts of time that can be better spent focusing on your business. Serving more than 29,000 small and medium-sized organizations, Paycor is known for delivering amazing client experiences combined with modern and intuitive HR and payroll solutions. You didn't start your company to do payroll. Let Paycor take care of the details so you can focus on the day-to-day and doing what you love. Visit paycor.com slash fire to get started. That's P-A-Y-C-O-R dot com slash fire. So Ty, there's a lot that we could get into right now. I mean, I was really just, it was so cool to meet you in person at Thrive. You know, it was a great event put on by Cole Hatter about make money matter. And, you know, people like yourself and me and Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, we got to take the stage to kind of talk about how we're looking to make money matter in our own lives and kind of going from just success and do significance. So, you know, as we close out here, because I mean, you got places to go, you got people to see, you got the Los Angeles Lakers owner's <laughs> daughter to go hang out with right now. So, no, uh, she's the own, the donor died. So now she owns the Lakers. Her and her brother, they own it, I think, 50 50 or close to 50 50. With the Lakers <laughs> owner right now. Um, let's kind of close this down because, again, you've just been sharing so much awesomeness. And I just love how seeing you kind of shift into like a lower gear when you start talking about this stuff. It's just brilliant to see your mind work. Kind of maybe end strong with Fire Nation as far as how you are kind of seeing this world that we live in. You've alluded to a few times, it's the greatest world ever. It's the best of times, it's the worst of times. What do you want to make sure that our listeners, you know, entrepreneurs who are just looking to get going and to make something happen, what do you want to leave with them? It's been interesting as I've kind of come forward and publicly, as opposed to just being a behind the scenes entrepreneur, the things that I thought people would want to hear and what was important to them were what were not necessarily what people actually value and the biggest area that people uh, I maybe get some value from what I say is about motivation because at the end of the day we do live in the information age Peter Drucker was right we do know that if we go to the gym three times a week if we don't eat processed food we'll be healthier we don't live in a time, you know, and when my grandma in the 40s, she said, we used to smoke and think it was great for you. Right. They didn't have information. So we have the information they need. Most entrepreneurs, the great Howard Schultz, the man who built Starbucks, he says, beware of silver bullets. So sometimes people go, Ty, what's the silver bullet? Is it learning Google AdWords, Facebook ads? Is it understand how to have a converting funnel? Is it podcasts and this and that? And all those are very important components. But in the information age, if you can't transfer your, transfer your actions into the knowledge society where it's in action, then you just become book smart and you just actually become less happy. Because when my grandma was smoking in the 40s, at least she thought it was healthy. So at least she, if you're going to smoke, at least smoke with bliss. You know, I'm smoking a cigarette. <laughs> this is great for me. Now everybody's smoking. 
they've got the part of their brain that goes, I like the nicotine, I'm addicted, but the other part that goes, this is bad for me, and you get this dichotomy within it makes you unhappy. And so for people listening, what I would leave you with is there's, you got to know how to motivate yourself. And you got to be painfully honest, and you have to peel back the layers of society because society, there's something called social controls, and any sociologist would tell you, society tries to put dampers on people in places like Sweden and Norway. They actually have a word for it. They call it jantelagen, which means the law of not trying to push ahead of the pack. And so when most people try to motivate themselves, maybe you're, and, and I think there's four, do I have two minutes? I'll give you what I think the yeah, four. Love it. So I call them the four M's. I know there's more motivators, but I've found these to be the primary drivers. So m- Material, money slash material. That's the first M, money and material things. The second is mating slash, you know, love, romance, sex, whatever you want to say. The third one is mastery slash status. And the fourth one is momentum or movement. So if you're somebody listening to this and you can really peel back the layers of society, look yourself in the mirror and go, I like money. I like material things. The day you do that, as long as you keep the pit bull under control, because a pit bull is the greatest thing you can ever have when a home intruder comes in. You do not want to have the Pekingese dog when, you know, the masked intruder breaks in your house. You want to have the big Rottweiler, pit bull, German shepherd. And But if you ever let that thing get off its leash, it's going to turn and kill you. So you can come to grips with your love of material things, if that's you listening, And it will be your drive and the world will be a better place because to really make money, you have to give a lot of value to the world. The value prop, the value proposition of what you're doing has to be pretty high. You know, Bill Gates may be a greedy bastard. I don't know. Uh, Warren Buffett may be a greedy bastard, but, you know, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, they had a positive effect on the world. Not perfect, but a positive. You want Adam Carolla, (laughs) hilarious, you know, podcast guy. I've been on his podcast a few times. And he says the funniest thing. He goes, man, people say pharmaceutical companies are greedy. He's like, I want them to be more greedy. I want somebody to be like, I was like, I want somebody to make $1 trillion and come up with a cure for AIDS. And I'm like, here's your $1 trillion because that's value for the world. I mean, right. you got millions. So, so if that's you and that's your M, embrace it, but control it. The second one, mating. You know, I just finished Hugh Hefner's uh, biography on Hugh Hefner. Clearly, the man was driven by, he, he liked women. And, but he was also to get the value for himself. You know, back in the 60s, he was interviewing Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. He was doing things that benefited society and in, in being one of the first uh, people to not to rail against segregation. So if you're that person, hey, next time you're going to eat junk food at midnight, put pictures of the most beautiful girl and tell yourself the truth. Pretty women got lots of choices. If you're fat, she's probably going to date somebody else. It ain't going to be one of those choices. <laughs> yeah, but, and people get mad at that. And I'm like, well, one of my mentors one time looked me in the eye and he said, welcome to the world, Ty. I remember I was complaining about something. Right. And he's like, welcome to the big bad world. The third one is uh, mastery and status. And some people, you know, Charlie Munger is motivated by this, he admits. He says, the earned respect of your peers is one of the sweetest feelings in the world. So for him... 
He wants to live life in such a way he's motivated by the people he respects respecting him back. That's having a level of mastery and status. It feels good to be able to be at a party, sit down at a piano, and play a nice song, and people look and go, that was nice. Yeah. You know, there's a master. And then, so some of you listening are very motivated by mastery. The fourth one is more me, uh, what motivates me, and that is movement or momentum. For me, you know, Richard Branson had a cool life because he's like, I'm doing magazines. And then he got that rock and roll, and then he's going, I'm launching Virgin Air. And he's moved, you know, has 300 businesses under Virgin uh, brand. He's clearly a man who likes momentum and moving to the next thing, a lot of entrepreneurs. And when you come to grips with these four, and everybody's a combination, and it's not a perfect metaphor, but it is a good metaphor. This is what will keep you from procrastinating. If you go, Ty, I'm petrified of quitting my job and becoming an entrepreneur, I'm going, you're focused on the fear. Also, you in the 25 cognitive biases of the brain, how we decide things, the biggest and the strongest bias, which even is stronger than fear, is reward. And that's why people in communist Russia would still do black market things, even though the price uh, uh, of being caught might have been death. But the reward of maybe making a few bucks outweighs that. So if you can get clear and you can go, I suck at going to the gym. I hate the gym. And you wake up every day, I hate the gym. I hate the gym. I'm like, focus on one of the four M's. If you can go, Brad Pitt got Angelina Jolie. I like Angelina Jolie. Then you're just in the gym going, Angelina Jolie. They, they did a study. They had pretty women, while men were bench pressing, sit on the guy's chest. The average man could lift 10 to 30% more. He wow. got a surge of testosterone because that's how men are motivated. Uh, I think it was uh, Annas. What was the guy, that, the famous Greek billionaire? He said, without women, all the money in the world wouldn't matter for most men. So, <laughs> you know, know your thing. Each of you are different. If you do that, life starts to fall in place. Okay, Dad, there's just a few things I want to tie together here for Fire Nation. I mean, I love that phrase that you use about transferring your actions into the knowledge society. Fire Nation, really get that. And then, of course, these M's that tie you went through incredibly well. The money, the material, the mating, the mastery, the status, and the momentum, the movement. Which one are you, Fire Nation? Take, take some time. Think about it. And it's January 3rd, Ty, when this is going live. So kind of share with Fire Nation as we wrap up here. Like, what do you have going on right now? What do you want Fire Nation to check out in Ty's world? I do a lot of stuff live streaming online. We get 25,000 people on these live streams just because I, I was doing some about a year ago, I was doing some in-person events and it's hard to leverage. Like you can't, it's hard to find a yeah. place you can hold 25,000 people. So we, we did for about a year and we continue to do these live ones. The, the best place, if you just go to tylopez.com and join my book of the day, free email newsletter, I send out reviews. I just read a book today, a great one called uh, Creating Rituals, um, how to set up your daily routine. And then instead of you having to read the book, I'll just send you a quick summary of the best points, completely free. And in those emails, I also include what else is coming up, my next live call, you know, what I, where I'm on on Instagram under Ty Lopez and Snapchat and all this. But I'm starting to do these live events too. Uh, probably once a month we're experimenting. So in January, I'm doing one in Manhattan. In February, I'm doing one. Uh, looks like back here in LA, then I'll be in London. Those three cities are the main ones. Um, so that, if you go to tylopez.com, that's a great place. Get on that book of the, the day thing. And then YouTube, 
my channel under Ty Lopez. I, I start, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll tell you something cool. Um, I got a lot of people uh, here in Hollywood want to make a TV show, and I haven't decided if I want to. I've learned I know how the TV game works. The second you sign that contract, they kind of do whatever they want with your image. So right now I'm just controlling the show myself and building it on. I just decided to put the episodes on YouTube and then see which station wants to come directly to me, which channel. So this TV show is pretty cool. Um, it's just a day in the life and people, you know, I show in all kinds. It's pretty entertaining. It's a little controversial, you know. Nothing wrong with a little controversy. Pretty women. <laughs> but there's cool stuff. You'll learn and, and this. And uh, I'll tell you for all those people, the last little quick practical cutting edge thing, Snapchat's going to be big. Snapchat's going to be, I think it's the Instagram killer. I think Snapchat's going to beat Facebook uh, by engagement. What's the best way to use Snapchat? So for entrepreneurs, this sounds self-serving, but this is a, if you follow my story, yeah, it's just my name, Ty Lopez, and the numeral one, Ty Lopez, and the new, number one. Um, and then, so w- what you want to do? So there's, you can Snapchat a picture just to one person. This is not a good tool for entrepreneurs, in my experience. Which they rolled out a feature not too long ago that you post to your story, and it's available for 24 hours. And what it creates is a slideshow. Um, and what you do with the sl- so you can just click through, like I'll post 20 pictures or videos of my day. And you can just, if you want to watch one, you let it run for 10 seconds or if you want to skip it. And so it creates this like slideshow. So a lot of people always ask me, what's your daily routine? What's this? And so you as a business owner or what I'm doing, you can just post all kinds of stuff. So if you own a restaurant, man, you should be Snapchatting at least. And the cool thing about Snapchat, I'll give you guys a hint. I know a thing or two about social media. The only network that you can't overpost on is your Snapchat story. It's impossible. You can post a thousand Snapchats because they only last 24 hours. They rotate. I don't have time to explain, but just trust me, you can't overpost on Snapchat. You can overpost on Insta. It's hard to overpost on YouTube. You can post a lot. I had my buddy Willie Rex was here. I got this accelerator business program and I had him come on. He has 14 million YouTube subscribers. He posts three videos a day, every day for five years. And he got four. He's a star, dude. He's like killing it in in. He's in Spanish speaking countries, but um. So YouTube can't really overpost. Facebook you can overpost, but Snapchat is the shit, man. Snapchat is a, <laughs> is a. If I could own any, I mean, obviously I'd want to Google or Facebook just because they're worth so much. But of upcoming Periscope and Meerkat are pretty cool too. You can reach a lot of people. But for all you business owners, just start snapping behind the scenes. Then you press add to my story, and boom. And it's cool. And then it'll show you how many people see each image or video in your story. And it's cool. You'll start seeing that you go up from 10 people, 20 people, 1,000 people. And some of you will go up in the 5,000s and the 10,000s. And it's it's cool. Fire Nation, Ty Lopez says Snapchat. JLD will be Snapchatting. And you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with TL and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Ty, T-A-I, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. And of course, check him out at tylopez.com. Check him out on Snapchat, tylopez1, and every other place that you want to follow him, you can find at his website, tylopez.com. So Ty, thank you, brother, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, man. That was awesome. 
Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Are you ready to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days? The Freedom Journal is a gorgeous, leather-bound journal awaiting you at thefreedomjournal.com. Ignite! Ignite!